Welcome to Everyday Nonviolence. This podcast is produced by Friends for a Nonviolent World, or FNVW. FNVW champions nonviolence as the foundation for effective programs and actions to promote the dignity of every human being. The Everyday Nonviolence podcast highlights people in our community who are using the principles and practices of nonviolence to transform themselves and the world around us. Their stories deepen our understanding of the impact of violence and the many ways nonviolence can be used for healing and social change. Every year, the United States celebrates Martin Luther King Jr. Day in honor of MLK's life and legacy. The gains made by the civil rights movement under his leadership are a powerful example of what can be accomplished through strategic nonviolent action. But how much do we really know about MLK and the nonviolent activism of the civil rights movement? How do we continue to move Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s vision forward in our world today? In this series of short episodes, we'll be exploring the six principles of Kingian nonviolence which were the underlying moral values and beliefs that guided MLK's life and activism. Each episode in this series will focus on one of the six principles of Kingian nonviolence. The principle we are focused on today is to avoid internal violence of the spirit as well as external physical violence. I'm your host, Jaron Peterson-Dean. Welcome back to our guest, Peter Digitali Anderson, Program Director and the Director of Formation at Peace Catalyst International. Peter coaches peace builders in conflict transformation, nonviolence, trauma resiliency, dialogue skills, and more. He will be our guide as we seek a deeper understanding of the nonviolent principles and practices that were so integral to MLK's life and leadership. It's great to have you back again, Peter. Thanks, Sharon. Glad to be back. All right. What is the fifth principle of Kingian nonviolence? So the fifth principle of Kingian nonviolence is avoid internal violence of the spirit as well as external physical violence. How did King apply this principle in his life? There are undoubtedly a lot of examples of how this showed up in King's life. One of the ones that I like to get into, I think this is somewhat easy to describe, is how King demonstrated this in writing his letter from a Birmingham jail. Letter from a Birmingham jail is one of the most popular, well-known pieces that King has written. And he wrote this while he was sitting in jail in Birmingham during the campaign there. And he's writing particularly in response to a group of like, I think six clergy from Birmingham who had written a public letter simultaneously supporting what King and the movement were about, and yet really didn't like their disruptive methods and the way they were doing things. And they urged calm, and they urged patience, and they urged allowing things to develop over time. And King could have written a response that just ripped them to shreds. I think there are a lot of places in this letter where we can see King was containing himself a little bit. Like, the things he, the, these clergy, these moderate clergy who are supposedly on his side, but certainly not standing with him, 
really probably frustrated, possibly even infuriated him as someone sitting in jail for his convictions. And he has been working on this campaign for months. He could have challenged the theology. He could have attacked them as religious leaders. He could have assailed their morality or their courage. And instead, he regarded these clergy with respect and with dignity, even sometimes affirming their values and the work that at least one of them had done in the past. Now, he did that while at the same time still directly challenging their assumptions and responding to their criticisms. He had strong responses to it, which is why it's such a powerful letter. But when he was talking to them and about them, he offered them dignity and he offered them respect because he did not want to be hateful and violent in his spirit towards them. He chose to call them in instead of violently calling them out. Wow. What does this principle mean to you? This principle is the biggest distinction between principled and pragmatic nonviolence. There are different traditions and different streams of how people come to nonviolent activism. Some people approach nonviolence as this is a moral conviction. This is how I think we're supposed to be in relationship with each other. This is how I want to show up in the world. And then there are a lot of other people who are like, nonviolence is a democratic tool for social change. It's a strategy we will use. King in nonviolence sees this as both. A lot of social movements in history have used nonviolent tactics and ideas without being committed to the nonviolent philosophy. And too often when they succeed, they risk recreating the same abuses that they were struggling against. There's the possibility that because they're not working towards a change in how they actually relate to each other, a change of what society looks like on a fundamental moral level, there's the risk that they'll recreate the same abuses that they were already struggling against, as it's just one more group that's coming into power and one more group that's falling out of power. In this way, the principle is tied to our second principle about the beloved community being the framework for the future. When we avoid spiritual harm, we're choosing to look at others with agape love, this universal love of we're all connected, everyone matters, we're caring for everybody. It's this sense of connection and understanding that we're all in relationship. It's this looking at each other, even those we're struggling against, and being able to say, you are my sibling, you're my kin, you're my family. I still want what's best for you, even as we're in this conflict that I'm watching you cause harm. Now, that doesn't mean that there isn't a place for anger or rage. We talked about that in a previous episode, because this is so often tied into processes of healing and reconciliation which is one of the reasons why I think this principle says, avoid the spiritual violence. It's not a blanket, don't do it. It's just recognize this is a struggle and we're choosing something else. King in nonviolence wants us to take that anger and turn it against the system that produces the evil actions. Can you share a reflection question for our listeners to think about that ties to this fifth principle? So our reflection questions for this principle are, what helps you to notice when your spirit is violent toward others? How do you notice that in your body, in your soul, in your emotions? And what practices help you to cultivate a spirit of nonviolence toward those who have caused you harm? Thank you so much, Peter. Thank you. I've been talking with Peter Digitali Anderson. You can find more information about Peace Catalyst International, including upcoming workshops on nonviolence and conflict transformation at www.peacecatalyst.org. Thank you so much. 
Thank you for listening to Everyday Nonviolence. To learn more about Friends for a Nonviolent World, visit our website at fnvw.org or call 651-917-0383. We hope you will subscribe so that you don't miss future episodes and insightful conversations. Please note that the views expressed in this podcast are those of the host and guest and are not intended to reflect the official positions of FNVW, its staff, or board of directors.